Hello and welcome to this episode of our patient podcast series where we will introduce you to some of the incredible patient groups we partner with here at VMLY and RX. Today I'm delighted to introduce you to Samira Ahmed, founder of the Samira Foundation for NMO, an organisation dedicated to generating global awareness for neuromyelitis optica spectrum disorder, fundraising to find a cure and creating a community of support for patients and their families. Thanks so much for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here today. So first of all, it'd be so great to hear from you how the foundation started. Ah, where do we start? Okay, so it was seven years ago. I was a few weeks shy of turning 25, perfectly healthy, ready for the summer. I typically celebrate my birthday all summer. And I noticed a, a small black circle in my right eye. And at first I thought, okay, maybe I've just been looking at the sun for too long. And so I'm seeing sunspots, but over a period of three, four days, this spot had es essentially taken over my entire right eye. And thankfully I worked in ophthalmology at the time, weird, but, uh, I was very lucky and uh, we did a whole bunch of testing and long story short, after seeing five to six different specialists, um, getting poked and prodded, MRIs up the wazoo and a lumbar puncture, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it turns out that I was suffering from a rare neurologic autoimmune disease that even I hadn't heard of, that even the doctors that I had worked with in ophthalmology um, had never seen a patient in real life. So this, of course, turned my world completely upside down. You know, I had just turned 25. I now had um, loss of vision, among other symptoms. And while in bed rest, I wondered, I wondered, I wondered, I said, how, how could this be a good thing? How do I make this a good thing? Because at the time it was horrific, as you can imagine. And I looked at the internet. Uh, I looked on the internet to see what was out there, what kind of resources, what information, and everything appeared to be very devastating. Um, so from the patient side, I'm reading this and I'm like, oh, great, I'm going to die in a few years. Uh, you know, and that that wasn't very helpful to my recovery. And, you know, after thinking about it and sort of gleaning um, pieces of my work experience and what I felt was needed in the community, two months after I got diagnosed, I decided I was going to start a foundation. And my goal was to attempt to fill in the gaps of um, what needed to be addressed. So we primarily focus on raising global awareness of the disease. We fundraise to support research to hopefully one day find a cure and are very passionate about building communities of support for patients and their caregivers. So, uh, yeah, I think this foundation, if, if I had to put it in my own words, it, it, it started sort of out of desperation for my own life, which ultimately became a mission to serve others. That's amazing. And the fact that you came from such adversity and such a shock happening for you in your personal life and turn that into trying to you know do something for yourself and other people who might suffer for it in the future is amazing I think a lot of people would have just um, panicked at that point and not known what to do but you've really turned it into something to help other people as well 
Yeah, thank you for saying that. I think truthfully, in hindsight, it was sort of, um, I, I went straight into survivor's mode. Mm -hmm. I said to myself, okay, I have this. This is These are the cards that I've been dealt with. What do I do now? And I've never been the kind of person who, you know, likes to wallow in misery. I, I really love life, every aspect of it, the good, the bad, the ugly, the great. And um, mm -hmm. I... I needed something to keep me going. And mm -hmm. in my situation, it was figuring out how to make this situation better uh, on all fronts, including my own life. Yeah. Yeah, and I imagine as well that, what, that when there was nothing out there for you, that can be really isolating. So, um, and, and quite scary, like you say, if there's only literature about how awful something is, that usually just focuses on sort of the symptoms and what to treat rather than actual sort of life experiences of the patients. That's exactly it. Um, I felt that the information that was available was not humanizing at all. You know, mm -hmm. it was viewing patients as a statistic rather than a person with a life, with hobbies, with loved ones. And, um, so that's sort of what ha under, has underscored everything that we do with the foundation. You know, we want to send positive messaging across to all of our stakeholders. Um, we want to reassure them that there that there can be life beyond your diagnosis, that this is not the end. And, you know, sort of um, reassuring people that they're not alone in this battle, that we're all sort of in this together. Yeah, I think that's great. Um, and could you tell us a little bit more about the sort of activities that you're doing to raise awareness and also the services you provide for other people with Enema? Absolutely. So the foundation has four main pillars that we focus on. Um, awareness and education being one of them. Community. At, uh, research, we we are very passionate about research because without research, we wouldn't have had all of the developments that we have experienced as a community just in the last two years alone. Mm -hmm. And the most recent one is advocacy. Um, so one of our initial programs, and I'm so proud of this program, I love it so much, is called Voices of NMO. We launched mm -hmm. it just a couple of months after launching our foundation. And at the crux, it's just a storytelling platform. So we felt that uh, a variety of perspectives needed to be shared for people to truly understand this disease, who is involved, how diverse it is in terms of, you know, manifestations um, within patients and how it affects people, whether they're caregivers or physicians or nurse, infusion nurses. So we share stories every two weeks from all different perspectives. We now have over a hundred stories in our library, which is super exciting for a rare disease, still counting. Uh, we have monthly webinars, which feature subject matter experts and key opinion leaders in, in certain topics. We have a podcast. Uh, we have support group meetings. We have this amazing ambassador program, which was designed to empower our community. And um, those folks will help us lead the TSF mission in their uh, local territory. So um, a variety of offerings. Uh, we are big on events. We love bringing people together. Uh, learned how to do that in a virtual setting amidst COVID, but still effective. And um, 
yeah, I think at the at the end of the day, uh, our foundations foundation is about community and mm -hmm. making sure that nobody feels alone in this. Yeah, and that's definitely a common theme that we see, especially within rare diseases, because people just don't feel like anyone else can relate to them apart from someone else who's going through the same thing. But also, interestingly, those stories that you tell will all be different because everyone experiences things differently and it affects people's lives. So that's also really valuable and interesting to see that actually not everyone is the same and you should focus on a person as a whole person. Absolutely, I could not agree more. And you spoke about some of the research that's been going on as part of your activities. Could you delve a little bit into what that's been? Yes, absolutely. So we started awarding research grants in 2018. And since then, we've awarded a little over 300,000 US dollars um, in research grants. So we have two research grants. One of them is called the SPARC grant, um, it's focused on adult NMOSD. And mm -hmm. the other is called Joanny's Unicorn Grant, which is focused on pediatric NMO. Um, pediatric NMOSD. Um, this grant was actually created in homage to um, a young NMO patient who unfortunately lost her battle um, to the disease in 2019. She loved unicorns and we wanted to pay tribute to her in, in, in the best way possible from our perspective. Um, so as of now, we fund $25,000 grants to uh, researchers from academic medical institutions. And, um, you know, we have a, a whole variety of projects that we've funded, you know, things from understanding demographics, looking into the antibodies, looking into the future of other um, diseases that have sort of stemmed out of NMOSD or that we've discovered because of NMOSD. So we want to make sure that everything that we do and everything that we offer and every person we serve um, is inclusive. So uh, we like to keep a very diverse portfolio of uh, grants that we award. That's amazing. And to have patient groups now leading research and actually making the clinical and medical outcomes of patients better is also just absolutely outstanding, as well as the community and mental health support that you give and the information. It's also making outcomes better and it's just incredible yeah it, it is very fascinating i have to say and from a patient perspective i can speak for myself um i just felt it inherently that i sort of had to take matters into my own hands mm -hmm. and so often especially in rare disease you know, the patient becomes the expert and we're oftentimes educating our doctors, the researchers, you know, everyone who's involved. Um, so it's it's a beautiful relationship, actually, that's that I discovered. I didn't realize that this dynamic existed before becoming a patient myself and an advocate myself. But um, it's very clear to me now, seven years into the foundation, that um, the success of a patient's journey and the success of a clinician's ability to treat and diagnose and research, they are contingent upon each other. 
Absolutely. And it's amazing that people like you can feel empowered to have those conversations with clinicians because in the end, what they're trying to do is help you. Exactly. So, and as you say, you are the expert in your disease. I think especially with rare diseases where there's sort of minimal research data and everything around it. So you can only get so much from a clinical textbook. That's exactly it. So it would be great to know from you what your aim is for the future. Oh, there's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot. I'm pretty ambitious, but um, <laughs> trying to keep things uh, realistic. But I can share uh, at a high level what we're up to, um, which is a lot. So I will say this, first and foremost, my end goal for this community is to help us find a cure. Um, and if we can't find a cure, figure out ways, provide solutions and support for patients to have a better quality of life with the disease. Mm -hmm. So just a personal goal there, but from the foundation's perspective, um, we are in global expansion mode. Uh, the foundation has been very successful in the U.S. and we're so, uh, we're honored that we were able to provide all of the services and resources to the patients in the United States. But as a child of immigrants and, a, you know, a globetrotter, it doesn't feel right to me that we limit our offerings to just one place. There mm -hmm. are patients all over the world and they too need support. They too need resources. They too need access to therapies and all of the above. So we have started to roll out our global expansion plans. We are um, launching in Canada actually next month. Oh, great. Yeah. We've appointed actually a, um, a patient to lead our Canadian arm. Uh, she started as an ambassador and now she is essentially the executive director of TSF Canada. Our next, uh, our next goal is to launch in Europe. So we'll be in Germany, France, Italy, Spain, UK, cover the Middle East, Africa, uh, eventually head over to Asia Pacific and LATAM. But the goal is to have a presence all over the world so that no patient, regardless of where you are, regardless of what your socioeconomic status is or any of that, it shouldn't matter. Um, I want to make sure that all patients have access to what we have to offer. That's a really inspirational goal and you're right in that unfortunately lots of people with the same disease won't necessarily get the care that they need just because of where they're born um, and their status. So it, there's a huge health inequality and I think it's great that you are reaching out to those communities that actually need it most. Yeah, it's something, you know, I... I'm super passionate about. It was always a dream for me, but I, I never was able to imagine it coming to fruition. Truthfully, um, even every time we reach a milestone here in the US, it's, it's sort of hard to believe because I, again, I started this um, not really knowing what to expect and, and kind of as a side hobby and it's taken a life of its own, which uh, I'm, I'm super happy about. But uh, I am very passionate about bringing TSF to the rest of the world. I, I don't believe that um, anyone should be unsupported, let alone those suffering with a rare disease. Totally agree. And as a global health communications company, that brings me quite nicely on to ask, how can we at the MLYNRX help you with your goals? 
Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. I think um, this is a great start educating uh, folks about NMO, uh, so disease mm -hmm. awareness is great, but also educating them about who we are, how we can help, how to get in touch with us, all of the above um, will be so, so instrumental as we, um, as we expand to the rest of the world. Thank you so much for speaking to us today. Your story is just incredible and it really shows how patient groups can create a community for people in need and also help with developments in healthcare as well. So we will continue to keep having these conversations with you and hope we hope we can help you in your goals. Thank you so much for having me. This is wonderful. And I, uh, I hope that we are able to connect with more patients through this podcast. That would be fantastic.